Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of the Gamers Guild, the Star Wars Shatterpoint Edition. In this episode, we are going to be talking about the Appetite for Discussion Squad Pack, as well as just a little bit of what do you do during your turn, some paralysis of analysis. My name is Kenny, and welcome to the Gamers Guild. So welcome back, crew. Uh, I've got with us one absolute Matt, aka just Matt. Matt, how's it going? I'm great, Kenny. How are you? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. Just getting prepped for some NashCon, some Marvel Crisis Protocol tournament we got going out there. Um, but we're not here to talk about that, obviously. But you know, still, still excited to get out there, see the pretty much the entire. Uh, gamers guild crew sans shadow marvel but it'll be a it'll be a great time we also have with us tonight sean aka sandbox sean how's it going doing well doing well it's uh been a minute yeah it's a it's been a hot minute you were supposed to be on our last episode but had some uh medical troubles from what i remember yeah i uh, legit could not see out of one eyeball so but we're we're good we're back to status quo over here how are you doing good I'm I'm doing great. You're not wearing like an eye patch, are you? Like I'm not going to show up to NashCon and like be surprised that you're now Pirate Sean. Not anymore. <laughs> I was for about a week there. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I respect that. Um, no, he, he can just wear it and be like you know Agent Sean <laughs> of the game. Right. <laughs> it was funny. I had to wear sunglasses on top of it too, so I was like Captain Ron. I don't know if you remember that movie back in the '90s or not. But it was like sunglasses because I was light sensitive with an eye patch for a minute there. It was ridiculous. Nice. Jeez. Uh, from my understanding, while we're going to be at uh, NashCon for like the big Marvel Crisis Protocol event, there will be a mini Star Wars Shatterpoint event that you're running, Sean. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, it's in... It is definitely mini. Um, it's kind of a smaller space. We're doing about like a 16-man uh, tournament. There was no prize support, to my knowledge, until our Lord and Savior, Nate, approached me and said he's got something for us. Uh, no, Right. Outside of a, obviously having a badge for NashCon, there's no buy-in. Just kind of first come, first serve. Um, I'll have the room. I get the room around like 2 o'clock. We're going to try to kick off around 3 be just like three two hour rounds um and we're gonna try to have a couple extra tables just for like some pickup games and even if it doesn't fire just feel free to come through uh bring your shatterpoint stuff and have a good time yeah i'll have my shatterpoint stuff with me but i already signed up for the mcp team tournament that friday and so i figured it'd be uh bad uh bad form to just ditch on my team 100 percent. that's kind of point. <laughs> that's kind of what we're running into right now is most people that have approached me is like what time is it oh i got the team tournament uh so that's why i brought in dropped in the caveat of if by chance we don't fire but even if we don't as I said, i'll be in there just playing shadowpoint myself if you want to come learn how to play or have your own models and just want to do a pickup game feel free to swing by Yep, and I'll have my stuff if anyone wants to borrow it. Um, y'all can just hit me up, use it, because I mean I want people to learn to play. But yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully it goes well. Hopefully, you get a decent turnout for that. Oh yeah, we're uh, hoping. Fingers crossed. Might not get sixteen, but hey, you get like eight to twelve. You'll be in a good spot for sure. Yeah, the the, the goal is to get uh, at least eight. 
Um, and if, considering it's a free event, I, I imagine we most likely will. Yeah. I mean, there might be some Legion players who just hop open because I know that they have a Legion event at NashCon as well, I'm pretty sure. I don't know, actually. That's like one of the few. I know we don't do 40K anymore, but that's for other reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Well, cool. Let's go ahead. Let's jump into the Appetite for Destruction squad pack. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the uh, the fearless leader first. Let's talk about General Grievous. Um, so the way we're going to do this, like we've been doing a lot of our other episodes lately, is uh, each one of us is just going to talk about like one thing we like and one thing we dislike about the character. Not going to do a full-on review because that just takes a lot of time and it's a lot of rambling reading a text card and that's just not what people want to listen to so um matt we'll start with you um what are what's one thing you like about general grievous what do i like about general grievous um probably his i've been trained in your jedi arts Uh, it's reactive power (laughs) yes it does cost two but after an attack uh, is made uh, by him each enemy unit that is engaged with him, except for the one that he's attacking, suffers two damage. Yeah, that's a pretty sweet ability to spread damage, especially if you're in like the middle of a, a bit of a big old dance party of characters. You can <laughs> spread a lot of damage just for two force. Very, very sweet. Makes me think of uh, the original Clone Wars, little short ones where he was fighting all those other Jedi uh, back when he was first introduced. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a good thought. Um, Sean, what is one thing you like about General Grievous? So with that, I actually have a question. Um, since this is my first time being on the cast doing this format, am I allowed to just like pick like a generic thing, not per se an ability he has? Yeah, you can pick whatever you like about the character. I, I like him because he is a swift blender. He moves quick and hits like a truck. <laughs> that is a hilarious <laughs> way to describe him a swift blender he I just he, imagine like someone throwing like a like what are they called like neutral bullet or whatever right <laughs> just like right, yeah. across the table right what yeah is. yeah now this with the with the advanced scale um on top of the ability that matt pointed out um and just going down his tree if you could take please by all means take a gander on what the tree can do he just runs people over it's pretty crazy i've played against him twice now and both times it's he's a menace to deal with yeah totally totally fair i think for me the thing i like most is um his onward ability combined with appetite for destruction it lets a uh, battle droid characters like one like appetite for destruction is specifically supporting characters within range three onward is battle just a battle droid character within range four uh they can dash and so he can get two dashes for a character per turn or like dash two different characters separately um just like that extra mobility to support the battle droids who are already pretty mobile as is with all their other other abilities is really really sweet yeah i'm really Um, loving the separatist uh combination stuff of just like the pieces they're really kind of getting now and how there's like them, them, they themselves don't have like great mobility, but with, when you bring all these supporting units, then they yeah. get so much. Yeah. You get like Grievous, Kalani, Kraken, Dooku, like all on the table together with some droids. It's like, Oh, like 
I'm moving three or four characters this turn. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? That can't be legal. <laughs> yeah. And it turns out it is. Um, Sean, okay. we'll jump back to you for going through the dislikes. What's What do you dislike about Grievous? So kind of a, the counterbalance of him being a swift blender and me mentioning how like he's a force to be reckoned with. He could definitely, or like he's a force to be dealt with. He can be dealt with his uh, expertise for defensively is Garbo. Um, I have uh, with like Vader or any kind of like more harder hitting primary and even some secondaries. I've just kind of like one shot Grievous on a couple different occasions. Dang, that's pretty impressive considering he has 11 health. He's got a lot to chew through. Vader can get the job done. To be fair, this was just with yeah. Vader, to be fair. But yeah, Vader Vader be like that. He he do be like that. Um yeah, he uh he just he can't block really well. He does get movement on one of his other ones and like a reposition if you get really deep into it. Yeah, on the but cunning like, warlord. Right, but um, yeah, just defensively, his his uh, expertise track is quite lacking. On top of his max only getting like five defense dice, so yeah, he's a he's a little bit squishy. Matt, what about you? What do you dislike about the general of the droid army? I mean, I'm going to piggyback a little bit on his defense. His uh, expertise defense is not not very. <laughs> Uh, great either. So even though you're rolling less dice, and if those happen to be expertise, they're not the best. I mean, one his cunning warlord side's a little better, but um, yeah, he, he has to be up there in your face, and then he's usually gonna get hurt. <laughs> yeah, and for for me, my big thing, like, yeah, he's a he's a big character, and he does he does a ton of damage, but like he doesn't get any shoves, and like his good attack tree until he's three blocks down yeah um, he's a little rough so like that's, that's a little late and like on his cunning warlord one which is like his ranged one which it's great that he has ranged he gets a shove and then like his second shove is his is the fourth block down and it's like like i would think like a big dude like this like would have a lot more like shove potential like but i also get like okay they're going for just like this dude can like freaking wreck people so like i get that but like if you don't wreck them you'd at least like them to be off the point i mean they don't need to be shoved if they're dead yeah that's true very true can't score points if you're dead all right that's a that's general grievous let's go ahead move on to kraken um I guess I'll go ahead and kick this one off. Um, like I said with Grievous, uh, I like how all these droids have abilities to like help each other dash and let other characters move. And so like Kraken's isn't as good as Kalani's, but like still pretty good with do not let them escape at the start of this unit's activation, choose another or choose this unit or another allied battle droid supporting unit. Each character in the chosen unit may dash. So Great for getting your B1s or B2s or Magnas out and play pretty quickly or just getting him out into position a little more quickly. And he has the tactical network as well to just help them dash even that little bit more. So he can potentially move, if my math's right, four different characters on his turn. One for him, two supporting units, and then another battle droid is four characters if you so went that way. Um, 
Matt, what do you like about Kraken? I like his combat tree. I mean, he has shoves on his first two slots if you start on the bottom track, and then he has a active ability on the third slots. I mean, he he can do a, a bunch on his tree. Yeah. This tree offers a lot. Sean, what about you? I just like the fact that he's just kind of a a, min- a miniature Kalani. Um, he's a point less. You get just a more focused version of Kalani, I kind of feel like. It's just the same thing, just instead of everyone within a certain range. You pick one, you still get the tactical network. Um, and I'm a big fan of Kalani and how, how she does things. And Kraken is just a little... You get a little bit less, but for the benefit of him costing less to put into your squad. Yeah, makes sense. Um, Matt, what do you dislike about Kraken? That he doesn't have the extra dice like Kalani. (laughs) 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 Uh, Fair. No, but uh, his, his defense isn't great either on range or defense. I mean, try to keep him out of harm's reach. Yeah, just like Kalani. These, these super tactical droids don't like to be in the mix of things. No, they want to be quarterbacking or directing traffic. Um, I think for me, the thing I dislike about him, gosh, you took the good one. I mean, that's probably the easiest one and the best <laughs> one. Um, you chose me to go first on that part. I so. did. I did. <laughs> um, I don't know if I love that like he has an active ability on his tree um, and like only has one active ability to choose from. So like if you choose to use that before he attacks, I mean, I guess you can go up and get the two damage, which is great. But like, I like having like flexibility with that active ability on like the combat trees. So losing that flexibility and just having one ability to choose from kind of is a bummer, I guess. Yeah. Kalani has no. that same issue too. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I feel it. It makes it to where like, if you're able to, you want to attack before trying to spend force on that ability. Yep. Um, Sean, did you have anything else to add for dislikes on Kraken? Well, since you guys took the two easy ones, um, he, fo- <laughs> he folds in melee. There you go. <laughs> uh, he's he, melee. His melee is not good. Um, attack or the, defense. Right, exactly. Stay out of melee as much as possible. Just stay at <laughs> ranged. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, other than that, I think Kraken is an awesome choice. If you just don't have quite the points to put Kalani in, if you're able to put Kalani in, absolutely. But otherwise, you got a nice uh, secondary choice here in Kraken. All right, let's go ahead and jump to the B2s. Sean, I'll let you start off with what you like. Maybe you can get the easy ones here. Hmm. BG, I love their natural tankiness. They don't have to be on a point. They just have protection. It's wonderful. They live the best life. <laughs> yeah. That, just having protection is mean. It is so good. It Protection is gas money. The, the fact that it has like no minimum, you're just like always and forever like minus one, minus one. It's so good. I, I agree. Um, Matt. What do you like about the B2s? Uh, that you can also move them with a force so they can get in range to 
try to annihilate what they need to. Yeah, get that relentless advance. Yep. Advance both of them. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, for me, I like doing damage. These guys deal a lot of damage, especially when they add dice with saturation fire. Um, so damage is fun. Damage is good. Saturation fire makes damage more fun and more good. More fun, um, more good. <laughs> yep, you heard it here first. <laughs> um, I mean, I'll start with the dislikes this time. Um, I mean, this is a common theme with pretty much all the droids. They just completely melt to a stiff breeze. Um, so these guys stiff. have four, three defenses for ranged and melee. So they just will. I mean, while they have protection, like if they don't roll any kind of expertise or blocks, like that protection ain't going to matter when like a character who has a decent damage output goes after him. Um, Sean, what do you dislike about the B2s? Uh, since you took the the super easy one here, um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with. I hate the fact they cost four points. I'm not gonna. I'm not saying they deserve to cost three by any means, but I have noticed I can't have my cake and eat it too with separatists. Like I want to <laughs> run Dooku and Grievous and have Kalani and Kraken with and get rid of the B ones, and you can't do it. <laughs> so uh, I I hate the fact they cost four. But the B ones are good. Ah, oh, they're fine. Yeah, but eh. I like B two. I more. love the B ones, especially because you can do a B one jo- voice like while you're playing your game. Mm. The it fact that you can say Roger, Roger, like every time is is pretty sweet. Yes. <laughs> the theme. Um, Matt, what do you dislike about the B twos? Um, what I what I don't like, I think the saturation fire is kind of a trap. I mean, I don't like that it costs a force. Um, and it's only going to get worse. I mean, it's good. Don't get me wrong, but I think it's a little bit of a trap. I'm going to push back on that a little bit because I think it's fun to have a little bit of discourse. Um, I think it's a good enough ability, especially with Separatists, where you can save on a lot of force by, like, when you're reserving Kalani or Kraken, or you're getting force back from your leaders. Um, True, but they, I mean that's that's less force I can use for Django. <laughs> that's fair, especially <laughs> if you're playing Django. Okay, get out. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll allow your point to stand then, with a little caveat that maybe not. Um, well, cool. That is the appetite for destruction squad pack. If anyone has any other thoughts um, or has anything they've noticed with them, cool synergies, uh, hit us up in the Discord because we like learning these things. Um, but let's. Let's jump into our main topic, uh, and that topic is how do we decide what we want to do on a turn? So we, we have a lot of decision that, or like a lot of decision, like choosing which character to activate is taken out of our hands. We have the order deck. We flip a card. We can reserve it, or we can use that card, or we can play the card that's reserved. Um, or if we get the Shatterpoint card, we can choose any character we want. But like. A lot of like that decision making is taken out of our hands, so we want to talk a little bit about how do we know when to reserve, um, how do we know who to activate with Shatterpoint, and then just generally like what do we look for when like we're choosing what to do during a character's activation. Um, so the first thing, um, 
that we want to look at or talk about here is um, how do you know when you want to reserve a character? Um, Sean, what are, what are your thoughts first on like when you're looking at reserving a character, like what do you, what do you look for? Like in that character's like potential activation that they're going to do. So for me, I look at kind of some key points is the character that I flipped going to score me points is it going to affect the score on the board on their turn and the likelihood of doing so that is my number one priority of what i look at um outside of that if it's not then i'm definitely looking to most likely reserve that character uh other side points would be if they're maybe not gaining me points, let's say I can't quite get onto an objective, but I can wound a character of on my enemy side that is on an objective to try to do a later flip to get on there, I may go ahead and look at doing that instead and still keep that activation as well. Ooh. Yeah, just Matt, any anywhere to like affect the board state is what I'm looking for. Yeah, Matt, anything that you would like to add? Nope, that was my straight answer. I mean, we kind of talked about it in the last episode. Um, yeah, I'm looking how I can either control the board, but more importantly, score myself points. So, I mean, if that character or unit is not going to help me in that case, I'm going to go ahead and reserve them. Yeah, Myself, I tend sense. to only reserve like in the like, first couple rounds of the game. Um, I don't tend to reserve a lot afterwards myself really why is that because usually i'm saving my force for other things like Django. yeah like Django. <laughs> like Django. <laughs> Django is real good um i think for me one thing i would add is um if like i'm flipping a character and they are sitting alone on a point that my opponent might try and score later um, I might just save that character for when my opponent tries to steal that point and then just steal it right on back. Not have to move them. Like maybe you make an impactful activation somewhere else, but like they're sitting on a point. I've got it secured. It is not theirs. They can't get it unless they move there. Save it um, for when they do. Um, yeah, that's actually a really good point too. Um, something I've been trying my like trying to be better at with the game is a lot of my supporting units, if I'm already kind of in position, I will actually reserve those, them from time to time because, you know, that's like the most squishy unit in the game and for the most part outside of some outliers. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's a feels bad when they, they just like dumpster your support and you're just like, well, I've already used them. I don't want to use my shatter point on them. And I guess they're just going to stay wounded until I shuffle my deck. Ooh. Like it feels bad. So it's actually a good idea to like, reserve that support and and for like yeah just like bait it like sure go ahead dumpster my support and then immediately reactivate them they're already are just they're injured sure but now they're still counting as scoring again and they mm-hmm. can do your thing with them yeah and you can get the point back potentially mm-hmm. do some damage to that character who just came and stole it stole it now that they're in melee range potentially yeah 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 i need to i need to do that myself more as well <laughs> I've been playing a lot. We're in the middle of a league right now locally. I've been okay. playing a lot of Shatterpoint in person, and it is, uh, whew, it's been great. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay. And so on the reserve mechanic, um, we're going to jump into the Shatterpoint next, but do you ever reserve your Shatterpoint cards? 
Have y'all ever done that? Not once. Have you found need to? <laughs> I had so, never have. Yeah, it's... I'm still... I am still trying to find, like, when a good time to do that is. Uh, I've done it once, kind of just to test it, and it was fine. Um, I mean, I literally flipped it the very my very next turn anyway. And so I like... I like it when... <clears throat> I guess like the one time I do enjoy it is it's nice to have late in the game more so than early I've come to discover, but you get put in a lot of situations where it's, you kind of, when you get it early though, you're like, Oh, well, you know, I get to activate who I want to activate right off the rip. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's no guessing game to it. Right. So I, but I guess early would be my answer that I've seen so far, but I would want to test with it more to confirm that. I can, I can get behind it. I mean, I, I personally don't ever do it because like, I've always think like, okay, at this moment I flip the shatter point. There is something impactful. Like some character can do. I can save my force and do something somewhere that I need to do. But I mean, I could see doing it early rounds. Like if you're just like, I want to see like what my opponent does here. Um, and like, I potentially want to have this cause I mean, you have seven cards in your order deck. So you want to make sure it's like, okay, like I want to save this for later when I have a little more information on the table as well. That's not a bad plan either. I'd probably need to try it more. Like, I don't hate the idea. I think, like you said, like better early game, late game, probably harder. Cause you're like in the mix of things. There's a big old scrum going on over points. Right. Now, the the funny thing is, too, and uh, this is something else somebody pointed out, and if this doesn't work this way, if one of you guys catch this, please correct me, but I think it does. If your Shatterpoint card is your last card (laughs) and you reserve it, you get an er an early shuffle, essentially. Like, you get to shuffle and then draw from the top of the deck. Wait, what? So, because remember, you don't shuffle your Shatterpoint card into your deck. And to, so you put it aside. If you reserve it, you put it aside and you draw the next card. But if your shadow point card's the last card, you reserve it, you put it to the side, and you have nothing to draw. So it oh gives you gosh. a shuffle. It gives you a shuffle. Then you just rip the top card of of the new stack. Wait, Matt, is this true? You're the, you're better rules <laughs> than me. <laughs> I would personally say no, but I think we need a we need to get a ruling on that right i haven't looked into like um F- like faq it or you know like look at the rules form on that but somebody pointed that out and i mean in my mind i'm like i guess it would work that way i mean i could see how it works but i but would there, say you still have to use your entire deck before so my deck. thing is i don't know if you're allowed to reserve it if it's the last card i think there might be a rule that like states if this is if this is the last card of your deck you cannot reserve so that i'm that's the one thing I would want to look for. But yeah, if that is true though, then that, that also might be another like weird <laughs> slick tech. If it's not true, our, our <laughs> listeners are going to think we're complete idiots. So. Hey, that's why we're pointing out that it might not be true. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That would be nuts if that works that way. That would be cool. Right. But it would be maybe weird. In the in the words of Brandon it. Lee Mulligan, get in the comments. <laughs> get in the comments. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, how? So okay, let's say like you don't want to reserve your shatter point. Mm-hmm. How do you decide who you want to activate with your shatter point card? 
Matt, what do you got? I've been talking a lot. You go. <laughs> Sorry. No. What was the question? Sorry, I was reading the reserving an order card uh, thing in the rule book. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's say like you don't reserve your Shatterpoint card. Um, how do you decide who you want to activate with your Shatterpoint? What are what are the factors you look at with your Shatterpoint activation? What is going to score me points? I mean, that's that's my number one thing that how I decide how an activation is going to go at all. Um so I'm going to look at what units can affect the board to like score me points. Like usually early game, that's going to be supporting units because they can, you know, potentially go grab two. Um, later game, it's usually going to be one of my more impactful characters uh, that have those like pushes or pulls and able to easy, easily take back points. And, like I said, that's that's numero uno. After that is like, c- can I make it easier attack to, you know, wound a character that's already taken some chip damage, or or if one's like, like one of my characters has it early shoves, can I shove them off with that attack? Like hoping to only get one or two results on my tree. If I always get more. I'm always happy, but usually. Um, I'm making the least amount of attacks as possible. That's fair. You're you're the anti me. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> In this like game, this. I mean, because every time my my opponent rolls defense dice, they roll great, and then like I get nothing. So I'm like, this is fun. <laughs> Why did I make that attack? <laughs> I also play Anakin a lot, and so I'm just like, oh, I want to shatter point Anakin. Here's six crits. Well, yeah, that that's Screw a good. This character in particular. Yeah, that's a good motivation to attack. I mean, like I said, I'm usually playing dark side. I rarely play clones. So they yeah. don't have always access to like expertise crits. Yeah, I think for me, when I'm looking at a Shatterpoint activation, obviously looking at scoring points, but like if I can wound a character in the process of scoring that point, like that might shift my focus a little bit. Like with like like I said, I'd like to activate Anakin. Or I might I like I might want to choose Grievous if I'm playing Seps. Um, well, I mean, I some... even did that with a Grievous attack. Like it wasn't even a shatter point; it was just his activation. But literally, he just needed to wound somebody, and he did not get anything through on his tree because of the other person's defense roll. And that's a very sad Grievous. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, that's that's just dice, though. That's not Grievous. Yeah. It was nice, but I mean, but he, he hits like a truck or, or a blender, as Sean put it. Yeah, oh, he, that's it's quite the blender. That's totally fair. Um, yeah, but I look at it like obviously scoring points. But like I said, um, if I can wound a character, um, that'll be great for me, I think, in the long run. Because one, they're wounded and can't score points until their next activation. And two, uh, if they do... Uh, flip their wounded token uh, and they're now injured then they have to pay extra money for their force and that messes with their economy of actions during the game um, so those are the big things I would look at with a with a shatter point activation like I want something to score points and I want something to potentially likely murder something else I guess for me for me it would be 
primary every time big bucks don't whammies no <laughs> no uh more more akin to what matt said i'm looking for anything and kind of going back to what i mentioned earlier just like what character is giving me the best kind of bang for my buck on the board state um do i have a character that can potentially like strip two separate uh, enemies off of two points um i mean a character like Django fett for instance I'm say, you know, with his, can with i activate Django? <laughs> yeah right yeah there you go right but you know like a character that can like let's say i have like um either like asage or Django, someone they like oh cool well i can force push this character off a point and then still move them to another point that they're within range and try to like attack another character to wound them to make them not score too or just even if you're just looking for pushes to push them off the point to have like now asage score that one too so anyone Whatever's affecting the board state the most is what I'm looking to use my Shatterpoint card on. Makes sense. I think the other thing that I was just thinking about as we were talking about this um, is the amount of force a character might need to consume on its turn as well um, for it to have that level of impact I want it to. Like if I can do stuff without spending a single force wonderful like i might just forego like some other characters who might be able to have maybe a slightly bigger impact if i can save some a little bit of force for later because i play a lot of jedis and clones and they are very 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 force hungry right i kind of going off of that that actually uh, to me has turned into like kind of what you were talking about with the flipping shadow point early rather than late if i'm flipping it early i'm probably going to be more inclined to use it on a character that doesn't just burn through a bunch of force um whereas if i flip it late and i'm still sitting on like three four 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 force rather sorry um i would then be more inclined to use it on someone that can burn that force and not have it just kind of go to waste before i reshuffle yeah Force economy is fun. I love it. It is. It, it, it's a very good design, I think, overall. Yeah. But the more I've played with it, I've and gotten a good feel for it. It's been sweet. It has a like a strong element of like, okay, like there is some kind of economy in this game, and like, how do I juggle that? Especially with like <laughs> some people like regenerating that economy and other affiliations that I wish could do it instead that don't right um anything else that you would like to add on activating with shatterpoint cards matt um just a glancing over the rule book again for that thing you guys were talking about a second ago it doesn't say it says reveal the next card when you you go to it doesn't say doesn't mention if like your order deck's empty to reshuffle so to the forum yeah we definitely would have to Put that to the forums and let them decide. I brought they... up a good one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nagoldar is probably listening, maybe listening to this and probably like, you guys are such morons. Probably so. Well, like, I mean, the forum has surprised me on stuff before because like the ruling with Obi-Wan and he can double reserve in a turn. So that's just another rule he breaks. Right. And that's what makes me think that it actually might work is because of that. Right. Yeah. I mean, mm. it, it's possible, but. Yeah, because the rulebook says you can only reserve once per turn, and then they came out and said Obi Wan can you can use his patience after you've already reserved a card. That the turn. Force works in he, mysterious ways. He breaks the rules. Yeah, he breaks so <laughs> many core rules. It's not funny. 
You heard it here first. Jedi's are cheaters. They hey. are. Hey now. They do not get to regenerate force. They are not cheaters. They play they play clean Christian Star Wars shatter point. Hold up. Doesn't I know we're not reviewing this character, but doesn't Mace Windu get to regenerate force? Excuse me, sir. That's yeah. true. He dabbles in the dirt. That's thing. right. Okay. He he <laughs> yeah, he dabbles. He gets as close as he can. He like toes the line. He's like, How close can I get? How close can I get? <laughs> nope, nope, I didn't cross it. <laughs> and then Anakin's just like, Wee and runs across the Palpatine. Right. Um Okay, so we've talked about the reserve mechanic. We've talked about the Shatterpoint mechanic. And now we just got the full-on order deck. We've we flipped a character. Now we've talked about scoring points and wounding enemies. So like, when you flipped a character um, with scoring points, like how, how do you go about like deciding, like, okay, which points should this character go and score? Um, should they go and try and get a maybe a little bit more of a contested one? Should they go and get just like a freebie off on the side that no one's on and just like it's just been sitting there staring at you all games? Like, come get me, come get me. Um, what what do y'all look for like when when deciding like which points you want that character to score? Uh, Matt, go ahead. Um, I look for the easiest one. I mean. There's no reason to get fancy about it. Um, just move and take the one that you know is going to cost you the least amount of force, cost you the least amount of attacks. If you can just move and jump and get there, or pull somebody off or push somebody off, go do, do what's easy. Do the easy actions first. Yeah, that's fair enough. Easy enough. Sean, what do you think? Are you are you a little more risky than Matt is, or do you just go for the cheapies? Depends on the situation. Um, I do kind of like take it akin to what Matt said, and the like whatever's kind of guaranteeing points. Essentially, like all right, guaranteed to slash high percentage points. That's what I'm looking for first and foremost. <clears throat> However, if we're looking at like a point that has like a high uh, a high target character on it that I'm looking to wound as fast as possible. And like, uh, I've kind of been doing a thing where I've just attack a lot of supports a lot. I try to wipe them off the table as fast as possible to make it to where like, they're just gone. Like, I don't have to deal with them anymore. <clears throat> um, if I see that, I'm usually going for that instead. Um, unless if it's too big of a risk, uh, for instance, let's go with the B2s that we went over. Um, they're inherently like tanky. Same thing, kind of like a bit with the Magna Guards. Magna Guards have a lot of health. Um, if it's if I'm probably not going to get them and get them off that point, then I'll most like and I have another one in in a range. I'll probably go for the other one uh, because of those units in particular. But outside of that, um, yes, I'm trying to like look at my targets that are like high priority targets for me that are on points to swing um, first. That's kind of like my number one bracket. And then I'll go to like also, but like kind of like share like one point a one point B, if you will, of like high priority targets, but also what's easy scoring. Yeah, that makes sense. That's y'all probably 
summed it up better than I could as far as um, like scoring points, what you look for. I, I am, since I'm more of like, I relate more to Anakin as far as like his mindset. Like I might go for the fancier plays as far as like, oh, like I'm going to risk this and I'm going to get it. Uh, Matt is definitely the probably safer, smarter character. Whereas I'm like the bold and brash and sometimes like it rewards me very highly. Um, so generally I look for like those, those bigger plays. It's like, Oh, like I can, like I can definitely get rid of these B2s. Uh, maybe I can't, but I like to try <laughs> or like to think I can. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely like it's, if it's a supporting unit, I'm more inclined, I think to go for like the easy ones. I think it just depends on like the unit type that I'm activating, you know, it's like, okay, like I've got a support, like, okay, I can go contest this point here, make it my own. And then like, there's another point over here that I can go and get where if it's like a primary, it's like, okay, like they can do likely depending on which primaries you're playing, like they can do more damage to, to get things through that I would need to do for those bigger, bolder plays. So, I mean, it kind of just depends, like I said, on the, on like the unit type I'm yeah. activating. I like that. Like, so I guess like in going with that too, and kind of going something like what I said too as well, um, that characters that are like, see, as Matt has mentioned a couple times now in the in the cast, uh, Django Fett. Django Ooh. Fett. I <laughs> right. I I don't know, I've have you heard of that character? I first I've heard of it. No, but all kidding aside, Django Fett to me would be like. I, there have been instances where I have foregone points to just wound that character to where he cannot just start popping characters willy-nilly as I'm activating within range of him. Mm, yeah, Django's freaking annoying. I mean, wounding <laughs> Django, if you're opposing a Django, wounding is, him is one of the high-priority targets, in my opinion, because that way all his extra cool stuff costs more. Yeah. I mean, now yeah. all of his abilities cost two power each, or two force each power. Uh, MCP on the brain. Um, yeah, <laughs> they cost two force each, and he's just a sad Django at that point. He is, for sure. Yeah, I I feel that there are instances in the game, especially just, of course, like how the game's playing out, what a... Um, ah, brain fart, sorry. Uh, <laughs> what phase you're on in the game. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And what points are active, like, I mean, if, if you're in, like, a central cluster and he's just able to just one force uh, eat, you know, just eat free damage to, like, almost every activation you're doing, like, I, I mean, I would definitely sacrifice a turn to not score to deal with him. Oh, yeah. He's rude. Um, and I guess on that note, then let's just jump into wounding enemies. So on it, like your character's activation, like when you're looking to maybe wound enemies, what are some of those high priority targets that you want to get a, get rid of? Like we talked about in Django, what other high target enemies are you, are you looking to like get rid of on their turn or like maybe like, how do you prioritize which enemies to, to wound? Supporting units. They're the, easy, they're the easiest ones to wound and they can take up, they count as two bodies normally for scoring objectives. 
and they can score two separate ones. So, I mean, if, if you win one halfway across the board, the other one's not doing anything either. That's on the other side. Uh, unless you're running the brother or sister. Uh, you can still take them down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I still agree with that. The fact that they win ties, whoo, really, the, really good. To win ties on a different level is uh, pretty spicy. Yeah. It's very, very. I have found that that has been quite strong. Yeah. I agree with Matt 100%. I think say, or supporting units are. Uh, outside of some outliers, to me, are very high priority on targeting. So, so what are those outliers? Obviously, Django. Django's one for sure. Uh, Kalani, if she's in range, um, I would Kalani and I guess in the same vein, Kraken. Uh, a little less so, but um, anyone that just adds very high value, um, I usually would try to target out for sure. Okay. Anyone that has like a really cheap but um, highly effective force power that I can make my opponent spend more to do. That's what I'm looking to uh, blow up. Yeah. That makes complete and total sense. I I agree. Those, those reactive powers that are just cheap and free, um, getting rid of those quickly is pretty nice. I would think... Um, I would think, uh, let's see. No, the new Obi-Wan does not have any reactives. I thought he did. His reactive is two force power. So already pretty <laughs> expensive. <laughs> it is. It is pretty expensive. Um, sure. But like, pretty like you said, on, on the supporting units, like obviously there are two points counting for bodies, but like a lot of them have like, just like the clones have those free, like, oh yeah, you get a free uh, pinned. You get a free exposed before you attack. Like, okay, now that costs you a force each time you want to use it. So like, are you really going to use it to get like that free extra damage for like the, um, the Republic commandos or anything like that? Like making those abilities with the supports cost more is very wonderful. Yeah. A lot of your force secondary force user secondaries I find are worth wounding as well. Um, cause a lot of them usually have like one active or reactive ability. That's just very good. And you, and they're easier to wound than primaries. So going ahead and wounding them to make it cost more is really good. Um, but again, this is just like priority targets. Now we're just talking about from a ability perspective, of course, them scoring points in a lot of situations is going to override that. Where it's like, sure, I want to wound this character, character A, but character B is on this point, so this is the character I actually need to attack. So a lot of times you may not get that opportunity just because you do want to prioritize in most situations the whatever's scoring the objective over just someone just out in the open. Yeah, and and another thing to look for too, especially like as you're getting like mid late game like let's say your opponent just cycled through their order deck they activated uh i don't know let's say the uh b1 battle droids kill those dudes immediately or like you know <laughs> like kill whatever like the first character that activated out of their order deck because like either that character is going to be gone for potentially six more activations plus whatever of their order deck again they get through or they have to burn their shatter point on that card to get them up and running again. They could just be like, out for the rest of the game almost. 
Yeah, that could, like they could be just a complete non-factor for the entire rest of the game because your opponent just can't activate them, get them to where like they're contesting again. So definitely make sure you're factoring in your opponent's order deck when you're when you're maybe choosing who to attack because of things like that. It's like okay, like yeah, like they've got this character coming up in the next three cards. Maybe like I shouldn't do it because like it might be just a waste of my time because they'll be right back and ready to fight you yeah know? like while they, I, while they might have the force points like they're still healthy bodies again so yeah i guess in the same vein too is uh kind of factoring in your own order deck too let's say you're on like the right side of the field and like your right side of the field has like the, those b1 droids you're speaking of how many units do you have on that same side that can potentially deal with them within your flips do you just have one and that's what you flipped or do let's say you flip a unit that is like yeah they could deal with these b1s but this unit in particular can start heading towards the middle or even the other end of the board to help contribute and i still have one or two units on this side that can also take care Mm. of those b1s as well yeah yeah knowing what you have in your order deck can potentially help you factor in your other cases too Mm -hmm. always remember folks you can look through discard piles Yes, discard piles are your friends, both yours and your opponents. Um, Matt, do you have anything to add on wounding enemies? I know you just did like a whole episode on like why you shouldn't attack, but, <laughs> and like you probably uh, talked about this some. Or you definitely, yeah, uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, not really. I mean, wounds the ones you have to that are and make smart decisions on your attacks because you're not always guaranteed to get everything you need from your from your deck so that'd be the thing i have to say on it okay sweet let's uh let's go ahead and jump into controlling enemies then there's obviously characters like asajj who can uh push characters there's characters like um jango who can pull characters and then a lot of characters have shoves in their combat trees um, so when you're looking to control enemies, what what are you doing? Obviously, like that factors a major part into like scoring points. The first the first thing we talked about here in this char- in the character's activation, but like, are there any like things outside of that like that we should be keeping an eye on with controlling enemies? Uh, applying strain and pen where you can, because if they can't move and or they have to spend the action to heal beforehand, then that's going to highly factor in them trying to get back to certain points if you shoved them off. Yeah, I can't tell you like the number of times I played with like Ahsoka and like yeah, my opponent wounds one of my supporting units. I'm like, oh Ahsoka's gonna move. Ah oh, crap, she's pinned. Things like that. Like looking at characters who have like those cool extra like out of activation abilities that trigger based off stuff you do. If you can pin those characters, you make their abilities extra sad. Um, Sean, do you have any thoughts on controlling enemies? Yeah, uh, actually, how Matt kind of brought it up too, right there. Like, this is not MCP where like a chunk of your status conditions are not great. I think every single status condition in this game is great. I think that should be a high factor and in the control aspect. So, not only do you want to look for these. Uh, force powers or 
uh, shove trees, you also want to factor in like, okay, well, maybe I can shove this character out of uh, scoring this objective along with adding a pin or strain, you know, like if they're at three health or less, especially um, things like that. Always factor in your status conditions along with your control. Also, another thing to factor in is your positioning when you're trying to do these things. Remember when you're doing pushes, let's say with Magna Guards, anything that has multiple pushes in a row, always remember you can resolve a push by pushing them a certain direction, following up, and then after the follow-up, you get to resolve the extra push. So if you need a particular angle, you can do that. Just make sure you're playing to all your outs when you have your control factors at hand. I like that. I like that advice a lot. Um, that's a that's a great mindset to have with those like stackable shoves. Um, one other thing too is for me, like you don't have to control enemies on the point you're on. If you can like, if you're moving to another point, you can like pull someone off the point you're on, go to the other point still, and like maybe you net yourself two points there somehow. Um, like you don't have to like look specifically at like points that character is already contesting or heading to contest. Like you can look for other outside ways to like impact the board state on different points um, for characters as well. Yeah, absolutely. You can also kind of use in that same mentality uh, and using the mentality of what we were going back with earlier, look for characters that just activated, that just put on themselves on a point. If they have already mm. activated on an early flip in their deck and you push them off a point, it's going to be a while until they get to reactivate that character and or they have to waste a shatter point on them for them to be like, oh, well, I really got to put them back on this point. Let me go ahead and like burn the shatter point or whatever they need to do. So look for avenues like that as well. Very true. Um, so we've talked about all these things that we want to look at for a character's activation, but there are times I've found where like the order deck doesn't give me someone that I can do any of these things with. Like I can't, this character like can't possibly score the po score point. Like we just changed the layout of the map. They're on the freaking other side of the board. They can't make it to scoring position they can't like completely wound an enemy. They can't pull anyone off points. So, so what what can I do if I'm stuck activating one of these units that like I feel like can't have as big an impact on the board state as I'd want them to maybe have? Hmm. How about you start it off? <laughs> um, okay. Um, I think for me, it's you just want to try and position that character for later. So, like, you want to get them, like, if they have some of those supporting abilities that, like, let's, like, a character, like, let's say Cody, for instance. Like, Cody's, like, off in the middle of nowhere, but you can move him and try to get him into position to where he can provide that reroll support for his other characters, or for, like, his clones. Um, or, like, you have, like, the 501st, like, you want to have them give, like, that, um, give that strain out to someone potentially um just like try and get them in a position like where they can maybe passively impact the board state or just like be prepared for like things to shift their way maybe in struggle three yes um, absolutely or the other option that i have is like okay like maybe they can hit a character like maybe it's like just like you know the 501st shooting it um let's say like general grievous 
it's like yeah like they might not do much but like you might be able to put like one or two or three damage in and maybe that'll help you later down the line when like someone else comes in to try and like kick his cyborg butt off the side of the map or something like that or just kill his butt um (laughs) kill his butt uh killed it um (laughs) um uh all right so what do y'all what are y'all what are y'all's thoughts like you're stuck with the unit so you something you mentioned something you mentioned and but like didn't like exactly like drive home but that i would like to is the struggle like what struggle you're on how far you are in a struggle um if it looks like it's a struggle that's about to end and you get an activation um that you're like oh man they really can't contribute to the struggle maybe you're on the back foot on that struggle anyway if it's like the first struggle or if it's the second struggle but you won the first one maybe go ahead and give that struggle up and try to position yourself for a better spot going into the next struggle uh that's something i look for always if i'm in that situation um outside of that i mean there are there are times where you know if you have the force maybe this is time to go ahead and reserve a character maybe they're in a spot that you're you know they already checked that box where they are so well let me go ahead and try to flip to see if i can get somebody else to contribute here um so those are the kind of things I look for it with a character in that position where it's like they're not they're stuck in this spot that they can't really do much. Those are the factors I look for. Yeah, Matt, do you have uh, any thoughts? What do you do when a character's seemingly stuck in no man's land? Uh, you guys basically covered it. I mean, if it's like like Sean said, if it's early early struggles, just try to hedge your bets to move them in a position where they might be better effective in the next struggle. Um, Cause you might usually, if you're like me, you don't have that force reserve at that point in that round anyway. So try to just <laughs> plan ahead. Cause I mean, yeah. you're not always going to have the force to reserve them. Um, and then if you can make an attack, you might spike. You never know. <laughs> Makes sense. Okay, well, uh, let's go ahead. That's that's the bulk of our episode. But let's go ahead, uh, break for a word from our sponsors, and then jump into a listener question or two that we've got. Um, so we will be right back. This podcast would absolutely not be possible if it wasn't for our sponsors, our friends at Tritex Games and GameChefs.org. If you're looking to buy some sweet, sweet tabletop fun in the U.S., head over to GameChefs.org and use the promo code GAMERSGUILD for 15% off. And if you're in the EU, head over to Tritex Games and get 5% off their already deeply discounted goodies using the code TritexGGCP5. And if you have a local game store, keep supporting them. We are all for that. You can help support the podcast by joining the Gamers Guild Patreon for as little as $1 a month or, wait for it, $12 a year. That's right. I can do math. Also, join us on our Discord and be a part of the Gamers Guild discussion for all things fun. Our first listener question, and I, well, currently our only one. We might have some that branch off of this. Uh, our first listener question comes from friend of the show dizzard uh why does the order deck matter 
or not matter when activating characters? Do y'all think it matters? It definitely Sean, matters. go ahead. <laughs> so, I do think in most situations it matters. Um, but there are times, like, if you're already going to win, I guess, like, to kind of branch off there, I guess I should point out the moments to me where it doesn't matter. The That is, if it's a scenario where, and I've found this happen a couple times now, it's come to my turn, I look at the scoreboard, and I'm like, I'm winning this struggle. As it lies, I win this struggle no matter who I flip. It's because of who I have on my points, and I just win. So that is an opportunity to be like, okay, now, depending on who I flip, though, is depending on what I would want to do with, uh, with like, reserving or not. So let's say I'm going to win, and I, I know we're going to go to the next struggle, and I flip, like, a, like an, for your instance, Anakin. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I don't want to just waste Anakin on a struggle I've already won, right? So that might be an opportunity unless if there's like a high priority target for them to go ahead and beat up on. Um, I'm probably reserving right there um, for me and then saving that, saving them for that next struggle. Um, but that's, I guess that's the only time for me. I found that who you're flipping does not matter. Uh, any other time it usually does. Um, and but like there might be situations where it's like it could be character Y or Z that I need here instead of it just being like I need this one particular character. Um, how about uh, you guys? What do you guys think? Matt, go ahead. I mean, it definitely matters, but usually if you if you set yourself up how you kind of need to, you can be adaptable and use whoever comes up on that activation usually they're not going to be just a dead activation unless like sean said you you're winning that struggle no matter what Uh, so then you can still make impacts by like trying to hedge your bets what the next struggle might be so maybe take a moment and just you know memorize some of these uh struggle layouts that way you can make better advantage of that because you're not going to know what's going to flip next yeah that's fair and i I agree with both of y'all. Like it matters in that regard. I, I'm kind of going to try to read into the question behind the question that Dizzard is asking here. I could be completely wrong, but I feel like he's asking like if it matters, like as far as like, will you win the game or not? And I think generally like it doesn't impact like, or like the order deck doesn't impact like you winning the game. I think your decisions of the characters that you activate win you the game like i think there's i think there are situations though that like can lose you the game as well but generally like i don't think like the order deck matters as far as like winning or losing you the game i think it's a lot of your decision makings i could be wrong on if I, no i think i think it. you might be you might be hitting the nail on the head here and now that i'm like actually reading his questions <laughs> instead of just like going off what you just said yeah <laughs> i've written the question exactly how he wrote it yeah you're you're right you're right you're right but now I, it's i don't know it's a uh, don't ask <laughs> <laughs> you're fine but yeah but yeah no now that i'm like actually reading the question no i see what you're talking about yeah um it's it's really what you do with them there there will be situations where yes you're going to rip a character or a unit i should say 
that it's it's a feels bad like you're and it but luckily from what i've noticed that doesn't happen terribly often maybe at mo- i've had it happen like maybe at most like once every other game where i'm just like i rip a character and i'm just like this is kind of a dead activation like and i i feel it like i'm just like oh well this sucks because they're not contributing anything here mm-hmm. but but in so we kind of go back to what we were talking about with you know positioning them as best you can if you have to go ahead and reserve them do it but that just means you have a dead activation later in a lot of situations maybe not all the time um but yeah for the most part it's usually what you do with those activations that you get um so and there's i do want to put a pin in that for after everybody else has mentioned this i do kind of want to bring something else up that kind of slightly arcs off of what dizzard's asking here okay I'm, i'm here for it uh, Matt, do you have any thoughts on like impacting like win loss of a game for the order deck? Not, not really. I mean, no, I mean, I know a lot of people were opposed to that was like their main thing about this game. They hated that it was random activations. But I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of instances where you can control the order of that deck. So mm-hmm. I I think if people just gave like the ones that are on the fence about it just give a couple games you'll see that it doesn't really ultimately affect you as long as you're making the most uh you can out of every activation yeah and i I think i heard like finger guns say this on the rogue agent show um sometimes like you'll think you made a right decision with the character and you'll realize like three or four turns later that's like i did not and so like there is like that factor of decision making it's like it's not the order deck it's like oh like you screwed yourself three or four turns earlier now like you're in a position like that you've put yourself in somewhat um that like that's hurting you more so than like just like oh curse you rng right yeah and and think sometimes that that's if maybe in that moment you didn't factor in what activations they could be have they could have next Mm -hmm. to kind of trump what you're doing um yeah it's I think there's a lot more nuance to the game than what some people may have uh, originally realized when it comes to the order deck. Yeah, there's still a lot. The RNG makes a good scapegoat. What was that, Matt? Sorry. I said that RNG makes a good scapegoat too for for the feels bad moments. Like, oh, the the randomness. It's a really easy thing to point and blame. It honestly is, and I see it. I, unfortunately, I do see it a decent bit. Not a, not a lot, luckily. But every now and then, I I do definitely see people just maybe like it was probably a bad play on their end, and they didn't realize it, and they immediately was like, oh well, you know, they just had to flip this character. And it's like, well, you should have factored in that that was a possibility. I mean, you yeah. can have those same moments in any other game because, like, we all play Marvel as well. Like there's right. been plenty of times when in a Marvel match where they end up daisying my character or you know KOing them and I just can't go with them that round. So <laughs> yeah, it's basically the same thing. Yeah, makes sense. Sean, you had something you wanted to put a pin in for later. Yeah, so kind of going off of what he said, and we're kind of touching this anyway. Um, the game's been out for a little bit now. How do we feel? about the order deck as a mechanic in general and is there anything you would change with it going like if you had the choice 
Um, I think for me, I I personally am loving it so far. Uh, I like the idea of like the whole somewhat controlled randomization we get with between the reserve and the shatter point cards. Like, yeah, like there's definitely some RNG to it, but like you can control some of that RNG and like there's characters that let you control even more of it. Like Obi-Wan, um, Luminara lets you have some kind of like foreknowledge as well. Um, so like there's definitely like some ways that you can play around with that RNG too to give you a little more advantage in that way. I think um, I was a little skeptical at first, like when they had announced the game, just because like I, the only other minis game I've played is MCP, and I was like, I like being able to, to like choose which characters I'm activating this round. Like, yeah, I want to activate Anakin first every round. Why should I not be able to do that? Um, <laughs> and, I mean, it's I think it's good game design. Like it, like this is more. I don't know. Like I feel like with, I mean, Marvel's like this too. Like very just like chaotic battlefields and scenes, um, but I feel like with Star Wars you have just like so much more like movement and combat. Like you have Ahsoka chasing down Asajj, or you have whatever else going on. Like it makes it feel like a somewhat like faster paced helter skelter kind of game in a way. Right, like where you're having to be a lot more reactionary to like what's going on, whereas like MCP, it's like just like you know people like throwing punches as much as they can. Like this one's like, okay, like I don't know if if that makes any kind of sense. Like I think it makes more sense for the theme of the universe. Yeah, I will Wars say the game MCP. I think uh, with the Fifth Trooper actually put re- released an article too about the game a bit, and they were just that one of their final things they said was like the game definitely feels Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, like it it feels like a very Star Wars style game, and it kind of fits the thematicness of that IP. Uh, and I agree; I actually do agree um, for sure on that. Matt, what about you? Uh, what are you? What about your two cents? Is there any like? Do you like the order deck mechanic? Is there anything you would want to see changed? Uh, I actually really like it, um, especially at, um, where I play locally. Like some people take a while, like in, like in Marvel, they take a while deciding who they want to go with. When you know, so they're having like decision paralysis. So I like that. You know, Shatterpoint. They flip their top card. They basically have to go with that card unless they reserve it so i mean it's less less downtime and then you just have to you know play the game but yeah but matt there's a total of like seven different actions they can do on their turns yeah but <laughs> so you're not so much to... you're not having to spend all that extra time like waiting like yeah i know hey i'm gonna think about which character is gonna be the most optimal at this point yeah yeah exactly. i i will say that like analysis paralysis with this game is definitely like a big factor um but i have played a few games now that like you know one of the big issues a lot of people had going into it was oh man the matches are too long matches too long two hours plus but the more i play like now i've been having games like i'm slowly getting out an average now of like an hour an hour 45 what? instead of like two out yeah because like the more you play the more you know what your stuff does and like the 
knowing like the tracks on all your characters and their abilities, mm-hmm. it's a lot to remember. But once you start playing with these characters a lot and you get that stuff down, you start breezing through it. Like, you yeah. know, when I get three att- attacks that go through, I know what my third up to my third pip does on XYZ character. Um, so when you start getting that knowledge down, yeah, it, the game goes faster. Surprise, surprise. Uh, <laughs> Imagine that. That's what, that's what we tried to say. Right. Shadow exactly. Marvel, are you listening? Right. Jeez. But no, well, there, there uh, so I guess. People in the guild that's, that got to yeah. point too, though. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess with me, uh, there, I, I think I would have had one slight change with the order deck if I oh. was, and I, I'm not a designer, nothing like that. Uh, and it has to deal with the Shatterpoint card. And I may have said it on a previous cast. I can't remember if I have or not. I think I talked to you guys behind it, behind the scenes, you know, just like in our own conversations. But I actually wish they would have kept the Shatterpoint card out of the order deck and just had it sit on the side. And when you go to activate, you get a choice once per shuffle of your deck. Okay, am I drawing this turn or am I going to use my Shatterpoint card? Oh. And so you have one activation per shuffle of a controlled activation. And I kind of wish they did that instead. uh Uh-huh. I'm I'm trying to digest that real quick to see if like I like that idea or not, like make like a quick rash decision instead of like the, (laughs) the logical, like how would this work? Like running through every like single permutation. Right. Well, I mean, like, ultimately, if it was that way, the question we need to ask rules form goes away too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, also facts. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, so if you save it until the very end, you just like before you reshuffle, you like you can't reshuffle until you burn your burn it, right? right. But essentially, it's a burner that refresh, just like force. It would refresh when you reshuffle. Hmm. And I, honest to goodness, and I've, I've thought about this a lot. I really wish they would have designed it that way over having the Shatterpoint card and being another random factor in your deck. It just gives you one controlled activation when you need it, when you want it. And, but that's it. Like everything else is random and you can still have the reserve mechanic on that stuff too. That's fine. I, I think I might be able to get behind it. Uh, I'm doing some quick Googling. Um, yeah, so, like, the, the, like, the lore behind the actual Shatterpoint ability that Windu has is, like, you know, being able to use to, like, sense the significance of an event. And so, like, you would, like, sense, like, the significance of, like, oh, I need this character to right. do that. Right, it actually fits lore-wise, too, oh. doesn't it? Yeah, but that's that is my big brain like thing. I w- I do wish they kind of changed about this game. I wish they would have just had the Shatterpoint card just be it's like side by side with the order deck. And it's just a hey, once per shuffle, you get to now activate who you want to in this moment on this. Uh, gosh, darn it. Why did you do this to me? <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah, I could get behind that. I'm okay with it. Is like how it is right now, but like that would be an interesting and fun change. 
Hey, uh, if you're down for it at some point in time, we should try a game playing it like that and just to see how it runs. I, I just want to play the game the way the designers made it. <laughs> I don't want to make my own special I'll tr- rules. I'll try it with you, Sean. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Matt. That's what I'm talking about. I'll, I'll watch y'all do it at, at NashCon, and I'll just shake my head in disgust. Oh, man, that means I got to start assembling stuff. <laughs> I'm way behind. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I don't got any further thoughts on this. If y'all don't, uh, let's go ahead and sign out. Any thoughts? No, I think this is a uh, good episode. Uh, Dizzard, thank you so much for the question. I think that was a really good one, honestly. It was a lot of fun to answer and digest. Yeah, especially, you know, I asked this like mid-recording because I forgot to hit send before the recording. So uh, <laughs> I'm glad we at least got one question. Led to a lot of good conversation. So thanks, Diz. We appreciate you. Um, and I will, and- I'll leave with this too. What I, what I mentioned, Shatterpoint card outside of the deck. Think about it. You know what's right. Oh my, gosh. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh well thanks everyone for listening uh join us on our discord we would love to talk with y'all chat with y'all about shatterpoint marvel crisis protocol pretty much anything and everything nerd related um so thanks for listening and until next time keep on gaming <laughs>